Welcome to the Let It Bleed podcast, a place where you can hear the liquor-fueled ramblings of two narcissistic wizards who conjure the essence of inspirational people every week and bring it straight to you. Just how do you plan on doing that? Magic. Motherfucker. And now for the wizards themselves, David Amaya and Phil Arroyo. We're rolling, 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 rolling. (laughs) Damn. And, like, that is fucking, look at you already fucking taking a peek at my notes and, like, looking at shit I was going to talk about. Because, man. Did you go to the fr- the Limp Biscuit concert? I just Did got you- back from the Biscuit concert, actually. It was just me. <laughs> oh, it was just okay. Me and, yeah, just me and a bunch of Juggalos. Oh, got but, it, But, you know, got we it. had fun, man. It was Juggalos I- party. It sounds kind of crazy, but at the same time, it's definitely not because, you know, for the last decade or so, that would have been like the last place anybody would have wanted to go or, you know, like anybody would just have, have lapped their ass off about a Limp Biscuit concert. And even though it still is something that probably most people would laugh at, surprisingly, it was like this crazy, uh, I don't know if you heard about it. They just like did a $3 uh, show recently and sold out like in like minutes like they sold out like super quick i guess they had uh who did they have come out and play with them i think uh shoot it was fuck i'm trying to think of who it was i think uh kenny g i think marilyn manson might have even come out and done something with them whoa what yeah like it it was just kind of like this like they brought in all these big people to do this show and it was three dollars because you know their three dollar bill y'all album and and whatnot. But uh, yeah, was it like, like a, a limp benefit? Like what was that for? <laughs> for limp dick? I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was just kind of this reunion tour, and it must have been just marketed uh, well, or or happened to just be at the the right time that they decided to come out with this because, like I said, it it, it did really well, you know, and. Uh, and yeah, it, it's just there's a certain level of like detached irony that comes with that. Actually, I feel like that almost makes sense in a weird way. But also, like I think it I totally think it, like sense. ironically, but like I know there's fuck lots of people who are just like you know super down. Like that is their shit. Well, I Still. think it makes total sense because not it may not be their shit every day, but like anything people can do to take them back to a time where you know things were not as crazy or as all over the place and unpredictable you know like something where it was just you know like back then in that time the the music for a lot of people uh, especially the rap rock scene you know came became like really just uh mundane and and boring and shitty but like i think now people are gravitating <laughs> towards that time because it's like shit you know this was before i had bills and you know this was like you know it, it was it, like it was like when monster energy drink got started we're all getting introduced <laughs> to kid rock like fuck man like yeah i dare you to point to a better time in history for music Right, right. You know, oh, uh, Wood, Woodstock 99, you know, the greatest uh, concert of all time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Burning shit down. Oh, those were good times, man. And actually, yeah, Limp Bizkit, uh, you know, he was on, I, I bring that up. Well, actually, you bring that up. I, I called it a segue. Because, yeah, one of the things I had to uh, talk about this week was, uh, do you know about this uh, this Little Nas X dude? Uh, what's the what? The dude who... Uh, there was this dude, uh, Little Nas X, that made a country trap song, and it went to number one 
<laughs> on the country charts on Billboard. And then they went, like, then they took it down. They actually took it all back and, like, and denied them all his shit. Because, Ooh. like, country people were like, nah, this isn't real country. Like, it's not real country. And then they fucking took it off the boards. And, like, I'm like, damn, that's uh, that's kind of fucked up, you know? And, and I was like, you know, it, it, it's funny at first hearing about this and, and, and listening to that song and stuff like that. And you're just like, whoa, that's it's kind of a trip. And then people are like, yeah, but like there's a long history of this. That like, you know, they're like, hey, they let Taylor Swift on the on the chart on the country charts, and they're clearly making pop songs. Like, there's a lot of like genre bending ones that make it up there. So right. why is this one not okay? And mm. a lot of people are like, well, is it because he's black? And the answer is probably yeah. And it was uh, it oh, was so a he's a black interesting guy? Topic of conversation. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, but- it was like. I don't know, man. They love fucking Darius Rucker and shit. So <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Like, like it's 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 a weird thing, and that it's like it's not. Um, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm not sure if it's like explicitly or like super explicitly that fuck. I don't know like how I'm quite trying to articulate this, but it might be a thing where it's like, oh, they they see the outside. Like, I don't think it's like a like acknowledged thing. You know, I don't think it's like a out and out thing like that. And it's probably many people are theorizing that it's like country like high up people in like the country industry kind of putting pressure on billboard to actually take that back. But like, you know, that argument holds more water if they had actually just denied the song from ever hitting the charts in the first place. If they said, Oh, this is not a country song. Like mm. to decide after the fact, after it gets really popular, like that's the part that people say is fucked up. And Cause that, you know, affects the kid's money and everything like that. And like the way he's going about doing things. And so it's been like an interesting story, not like the, you know, craziest one of the week. And I, and, you know, I don't, I don't, really feel uh that strongly about it and the song at least the original song is fucking terrible but (laughs) well you just said a country trap song first of all two genres that are just i mean terrible like when i i I, don't get me wrong like country music if you're talking about the classic stuff like hank williams senior or you know like waylon jennings and people there's a lot of fantastic country out there yeah there's like it's like so people are like oh i don't like country i'm like okay well you don't like appreciate music then because right, you can't right. just dismiss the genre as a whole as a bunch right. of like you know truck songs there's like, a difference like, between country real country music and what is considered country now what i would call nashville pop you know it's like just straight like very uh it, it's all the same you know and and like overproduced country with like the same predictable lines and the voices are boring there's no like real grit to it there's no bluesy like soulful aspect because when you listen to like an old Mm -hmm. hank williams senior song like you could just you know you kind of get that same sense that you would with the blues sponsored by dodge you know yeah you know you get that same sense you would by listening to a real uh, delta blue song or something when somebody's just like you know singing their heart out and showing their sorrow uh but but then you and, and you know you you got people that went through the nineties and that wrote some good songs. And I would say probably like Garth Brooks with like friends in low places might be like the last place where I would be like, okay, that's a country song. I kind of like, and then mm-hmm. after that, it's, you know, you got your like Toby Keith and Keith Urban, Urbans and Keith, whoever the fuck, there's like a billion Keiths and, yeah. and all these fucking people. Right. And then they, then like they <laughs> came up with that honky donk, uh, honky tonk, but donk a donk song. Which is oh, just God. like ridiculous as fuck. I remember you, they used to play that all the time at like Inkahoots or 
other line it's dancing so corny. bars. Yeah, no, yeah, that's don't... that's that was my whole like everything I know about country was from like the year that I went to Incahoots. Yeah, yeah, the... <laughs> exactly. That that year you go because you know like you don't really have anywhere else to go, and all your friends go to this thing, and I would just go with them and stand by the bar, and you know like. I knew a lot of people and it was fun, but it just, Oh man, no, no, it is fun. I fucking, I love the line dancing and shit like that. Like oh, really? I had legitimately like good time with that shit. Yeah. But I, you know, and yeah. there's a lot of it that's good. There's a lot of it. That's not. Yeah. I don't know. I got, I guess like looking back, it was a, a period of my life where I was developing and growing, but I could not go back. Oh to yeah. Something yeah. I was like, like 18 at the time. I would probably, yeah. I would not go back. Yeah. So anyway, um, oh, man, that shit was cool. But yeah, anyways, they, the uh, but but uh, he did uh, he did a remix of the track that got pulled from the Billboard charts uh-huh. with uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, yes. OK, that's fucking, the last like, good country song. Don't the achy break dude, your heart. <laughs> it was actually really good. Like like I actually liked it. Like after like Billy Ray Cyrus like lent his voice to it, like he like goes in the hook. I'm just like, oh shit! Like all the like that was the element it was missing to make it like a real song, dude. If you and were so, to, yeah, if you were to go to my grandma's house right now and you were to go into like the hallway closet where they, I think like the furnace is there. No, there's actually like, like random like coats and stuff in there and blankets and stuff. You'll still you will still find like a thirty year old Billy Ray Cyrus poster on the door in there. Like no joke. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, she was like used to be in love, and the achy breaky heart was like our family reunion jam. We'd all go out there and do like the electric slide to that song. It was crazy. Damn. Yeah. Oh, good wish times. She, man. Wish she brought good the times. Mueller back. That guy was a stud. Dude, yeah, he is, man. Like, like fucking shout out to Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> he just, he just a cool ass dude, man. I, I respect that shit, you know. Yeah, it doesn't you know? Doesn't seem like he takes himself I was like, too seriously. Why are you tripping? Like your dad's such a nice guy. Like, why you got to go and do that to him, you know? Is she tripping? What's she doing? Oh, just in general, just throughout life. I'm talking about, like, old shit, you know. Oh, okay. Got it. And now she kind of, like, you know, fell off of that shit. Got it. Anyways, what's up, man? (laughs) Not a whole lot other than, (laughs) uh, you know, this is is a nice, refreshing break from um, the craziness that has been going on with me though it's not bad crazy necessarily it's just it's been busy 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 you know like uh, it's it's been crazy i've been ridiculously productive these last few days though which is good but today oh man it's it's you know you can't have every single day great it's kind of like one of those things where you have two days that are just like phenomenally like productive and you know you you get every like you get stuff done that you're just like I cannot believe that I I did all of this stuff without and just executed perfectly. And then today, you know, was right. It like started off great. You know, woke up super early, went to the gym and was I had like this list in my head of all these things I was going to do when I got to work. And, uh, you know, you get there and then just, you know, stuff happens where you kind of have to deal with unnecessary drama that really just mm. kind of consumes you and takes all your energy. You know, drama that's a, that, that goes along with, you know, booking things and setting things up and planning just uh, creative differences or, you know, other uh, outside parties uh, really just not getting along and having 
to, you know, really choose, like basically just being put in between a rock and a hard place with like making a decision and, you know, not going to go too much into it, but it, it did unfortunately consume a lot of my energy today trying to like make it work as best as possible and trying to be fair you know and it it just takes away from you so like i i was glad to you know come home and just kind of like rest and i still haven't like gotten uh some of the stuff that i needed to do finished yet but uh you know like i said it's a great it's it's good to kind of just like take a, a break from working constantly you know like i can't be doing that every Dude, every yeah, no, day I, I feel you man i feel like our like we're you know our cycles are sinking or something like that because that's exactly how i describe my fucking week too yeah it's been fucking slam crazy busy then all up until today except today act of god like my power went out for a couple hours so <laughs> that just kind of fucked up my momentum pretty hard there because it's really hard to do my job without a computer so there was that going on wow. and then i was fucking i was actually i recorded uh I started uh, doing a thing where I'm making like screencasts, kind of training videos to kind of help clients and stuff out. Uh-huh. And I uh, I did one. It was like 20 minutes long. And then it just like I just fucked up and it got deleted like right oh, before man. we jumped on just now. So I was like trying to recover that. And I just said, fuck, fuck, fuck me. Whatever. I'm going to just um, this podcast then. And damn. just get mad about it on there. Yeah, that was rough, man. And it was uh, today was actually a fucking huge deadline because property taxes were due today. Oh, so yeah, yeah, that was a brutal. That that is like that has been taking up my entire fucking first. You know, actually, last like almost full year, it's been like that's been like the thing that's like occupying my mind because it's rough, man. Like you know, my property taxes were like five thousand dollars. And yeah, yeah, you just gotta fucking just it's gone, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've been fucking eating ramen, fucking saving everything, getting ready for this shit, and I cleared the hurdle. So wow. I'm fucking happy about that. Just fucking got everything posted yesterday. Well, kudos and now I'm to like, you, okay, man. Thank I'm... you, thank you. I can breathe a little bit. I still got to figure out how I'm going to make the mortgage this month, but hey, that's yeah. tomorrow's problem. <laughs> well, you know, I feel kind of bad for complaining about anything, but I've been, you know, doing my stuff, picking up the shifts and working every, like, you know, bit that I can to put my money back into all this stuff, but it's not for like an actual home that I live in. It's for like lost in the sauce and, you know, like, uh, the, the crazy busy couple few weeks coming up that, that I have, you know? So like I said, you know, April, once that is over, I'm going to have like a, a big, you know, decompression, uh, <laughs> like month. I'm just going to take the time and just chill the fuck out. I'm getting ready. I'm getting excited, man. I'm 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 gonna let myself fucking like, okay, I need to I earn this. I deserve this shit. Like I can, you know, not yeah, at least relax a little bit, kind of enjoy myself and shit after that. Like next month too. That's what I'm thinking. Plus it's my birthday, so I'm like, you know. Oh getting, shit. Uh, yeah, no, I'm getting I'm getting excited about that, man. Any big plans? Uh no, not really at the moment. I got yeah. a couple things that I, I can't talk about. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to think about something because I didn't do much last year. You got to do the millennial so we'll thing and, you know, have a birthday month or a birthday week, a full week of your birthday. Just like every I'm day okay is a, another activity. I'm okay with that. Yeah, because yeah. I need people to, like, give me free drinks and shit. So Millennials will be doing the birthday week when they're, like, 86 years old. They'll be like, yo, it's my birthday week. What's going on? <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to be the most extra-ass grandpa of all time, man. Speaking. I can't wait of extra ass people you know the whole like 
you know, the whole like sloppy mess, hot mess, drunken like shit doesn't really stop when you're in your 20s or 30s, you know, or I'm not even talking like 50s. I'm talking probably in this, I want to say late 60s or 70s, because yesterday I had, uh, I was serving a table and, um, you know, this girl, this lady, she came in for our happy hour and she was, you know, just chilling there and, uh, you, you know, she was like drinking her wine and kind of just like looked bougie, you know, like looked like she, uh-huh. or, or at least looked, you know, like she was, she, I, yeah, she just looked a little bougie, but she was also very, uh, you know, uh, kind of annoying with like the, the happy hour and stuff, like kind of demanding mm-hmm. like that. I, I still serve them happy hour. Oh, once trust it me, was I over. know the type. And so she was with her old, her, her, a couple of her, her buddies, right? So this other couple, her about her age as well. And, uh, you know, just the way she was dressed and looking and acting. They sat in my section, though, for literally like five hours, not even joking, mm-hmm. sat there. And about two very generously poured glasses of wine by myself, hoping, you know, that, you know, it would kind of just leave, leave them off my back since I'm like serving other tables. I don't want to have to deal with them, go back to their table. I was just like, okay, who are here? I'm going to give them this and, and let them, you know, do that. And so anyway, uh, gets a little sauced up make sure to give her more water and bread and all this stuff. And, you know, by the time she's leaving, uh, she like when it goes to, to have her pay, she was just like, I don't know if she was trying to like what she was trying to pull, but she was just like saying how she's just not used to paying because uh, she's used to somebody else always paying for her. And I'm like, Oh, that's great. You know, but you're like a grown ass, like 70 something year old woman that came out by oh, herself. Jesus. Like you, you know, better get your freaking card out or something. Like um, I kind of was just like, you know, get the hell out of here anyway. So she, um, she leaves and I, you know, didn't realize like that she must've been, you know, drunk or whatever. So she ends up leaving and I get a call at the restaurant about 20, 30 minutes after that from the lady. She's like, Hey, we were just, I was just in your restaurant. I left my hat on your table or on your chair by where I was sitting. And I was like, I knew exactly what kind of hat, like this really, really ridiculously like cheesy hat, you know? And I I was like, uh, it's not here. You know, there's two other people sitting at the table that she was just sitting at. And I go, I, I don't think we have your, your hat, you know, checked it for it and everything with checked with the busser and like, no, she's like arguing with me on the phone, yelling at me and telling me like that it's there for sure. She's like, no, I left it there. I don't have it with me. I drove all the way back to Huntington beach and I don't have it with me. I left it there. It's there. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. Like trying to be just as polite as possible. Just telling her like, you know, bitch, you're drunk. You are acting like a 16 year old white girl, wasted girl. You know, you are just ridiculous. And she like, I, I was just like, I am so sorry, ma'am. I just don't know what else to tell you. And then she, because I said, what if, did you, might, might you have left it in your car? And she said, no, it's not my car. Like just throwing all this attitude. And then, oh, I found it. <laughs> Walks out of her house and finds her fucking hat. I was just like, oh my goodness. You know, like this, this, this is what, you know, you can't escape this at any age. You know, this kind of ridiculous behavior. I just wish I could bottle that up and fucking drink it, man. Like that is, I know exactly the type and that has happened so many fucking times before. 
Yeah. And, I mean, there's a certain, there's a level of like, like uh, old people need to get less confident. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there right now. Okay. I'm freestyling a little bit, but that idea just hit me. They are really confident because everybody tells them that they're smart because they're, you know, older and, and wise and experienced and shit like that. But I know way too many sloppy ass people in their fucking 40s and 50s and even, you know, 60s and 70s like that who just do and pull some dumb ass shit constantly. And you realize, oh, man, you've been fucking up your whole life. <laughs> just like the world used to be easier, you know, right. like everything. They've, they've been playing the game on easy mode. Like we've just been born into hard mode. So we're kind of like used to how this shit's working. Right. Mm. And and they just get they just make fools out of themselves like constantly like that, you know, and there's a sense of entitlement that really goes along with it. It becomes the, uh, you know, the tribalism because they got a steady diet of fucking Sean Hannity going straight to the veins. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I know the type. I get the most bougie fucking people at my old restaurant. And mm. it was, it was just a constant fucking struggle, man. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice going back now. Like ever, you know, I'll, I'll stop by there every once in a while and hang out, or grab some food or something. And, and talking to people and talking to people who I just did not like yeah, ever really. <laughs> and just having the full confidence to be like, Oh, we can have a real conversation now to a certain extent, but like as a person to person, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, I don't think that story about, you know, you hiding money in the fucking Cayman islands is cute. Like, and then <laughs> just going on and on about like, you know, late stage capitalism and the destruction of the social fabric that goes there. And just, just <laughs> work. It, I love the people who used to come in and this happened a lot because I mean, you know me, man, I live, I breathe all of this shit. I fucking am, am looking for, to have conversations about like geopolitics and economics and stuff like that. And from all these people who are, you know, quote unquote smart and, uh, and trying to come in there and engage me on this shit. Like, you know, why I'm a fool for not thinking Trump is, you know, delivered from God to us to save us. Right. And just really breaking it down and, and, and just show, just pointing out like, okay, so we agree that he said this and you believe this and there's this. Okay. Well then what about this? Like, it's just, it's, it's almost too easy, you mm -hmm. know? And yeah. it, it gets, it gets, uh, it, well, it is aggravating, but no, I, I don't, I, I, I try not to approach it in like a dick way. I actually like, you know, I've turned a lot of people on to, from that, from that era. I know I've gotten a lot of people to be like, okay, Bernie isn't that bad. That actually seems kind of reasonable. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank right. you, man. It's, it's, you and know, it's always, I don't think I actually change any minds. I don't think anybody's like, you know, going to go from voting for Trump to voting for Bernie or nothing like that. But, well, uh, yeah. you know. For me, just to get in that arena, there, there's some satisfaction that I get from that. Well, you might get a kick out of this other story uh, of something that happened today that just drove me nuts. Like I, so, so I was, as I was saying, I have two more like things that happened today, on top of like all of that drama. Like afterward, you know, as I was like, you know, finally getting back into my my work routine for the day, I'm trying to you know knock out all these lists and create this like Google Sheet and also write this thing for mutate that's coming up this Saturday. And so this guy, this older, plug, I, I like it. I would say that he, right. So I, I, I would say, you know, probably in his early 50, early to mid fifties. Um, well, no, I'm probably closer to 60 anyways, definitely a father of like someone our age. So, uh, he, this time around is dressed pretty nice, 
what he's walking into my gallery and I already knew exactly what was going to happen with this guy because he over a year ago came into my gallery while I was working with one of my other associates and try like you know started off in this sly way of you know as as actually this happens this happens quite a bit in the gallery unfortunately and it really aggravates me because I'm a very open uh, person and I like to talk and I like to genuinely get into conversations with people and I've gotten a lot better at spotting it and it just really drives me nuts when people come in and they act genuinely interested and you know genuinely like uh enthusiastic and passionate about what you're doing and like ask you all these questions about yourself only to basically lead into this like corner of getting you to do whatever their like pyramid scheme or like business like plan is and so this guy you know because there's there's been several of these these uh people who've come in here and have done this sort of thing and i've gotten better and, and most people um some are more timid than others when it comes to actually like trying to really push it but this guy he sucked me and this guy tico in one time and like just sat at our computer like after talking to us about the art briefly but then once he got my buddy tico in on this like other opportunity to keep our you know keeping our options open blah 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 starts going at it on our computers and like trying to show us this like cryptocurrency thing that he's working with that like you know you sign people uh, up blah 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 and i was just like you know in my mind i'm like thinking god like get this guy out of here but you know my friend at the time tika was like uh this was like i said last year um you know more like listening to him wanting to figure this out and i'm just like i i can't deal with this so i'm not sure if the guy didn't remember me or you know didn't think that i looked the same but even just a couple of weeks ago, I had seen and I recognized him. Same guy had come in and it was luckily for me just as I was like getting off and leaving my other associate there because I knew what he was like trying to get at. Because he comes in, he's just like makes some like general vague comment about the art, like how he's interested in it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, cool. And I like leave. So he has no, engaging, yeah. no, no. But today I'm like sitting there. Oh man, it just drove me nuts. And I was, I, I kind of, kind of felt bad later. Cause he comes in and he's like, uh, just doing that same thing. And then he'll like, look at the art and I'll be at my computer and he's expecting me to do what I should be doing and, and engage more in conversation with him. But I just give him really like brief answers and I go back and looking at my computer and I'm like doing my thing. And then, you could just see him like kind of planning in his head while looking at the art, his next, uh, you know, question or next uh, inquiry is to like, you know, lead like coming back into finding out what I do and like, you know, uh, what I like if, you know, if that's what I'm going to do as a career and asking all of those general questions, you know, and I'm just like, I kind of just gave him hard answers. And like, when you, like I said, no, this isn't, you know, all I do. And I, I have something else outside of this that I do. <laughs> My, my real my real passion is essential oil uh, uh, sales <laughs> and a multi level uh, marketing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, if there's one thing, it's yeah. my yeah. dream job. Well, he was just like so well because he was about to leave, and then he literally still turns around and comes back. So what I guess I really want to ask you is, if you keeping your options open, I'm like, I'm at my wits, and I have no time for anything else right now. Like just straight up, like shut him down. He's like, okay, 
and like walks out and i was just like oh man i like he was just throwing off my groove and it, it's just such an like, insult like wasting my time i'm already over here like upset with myself that i'm not getting stuff done the way that like I turns out he's actually hitting on you or something <laughs> no it, it's just it was just <laughs> ludicrous but then after that so that was one where i like you know felt totally justified in just getting that guy out of there because you know first of all you know you you tried to fool me once with this whole thing and tried to sign us up and made us listen to all your bs about how much money you're making but clearly if this is what you're doing repetitively you're going around to the point where you don't even remember that you had already mm -hmm. uh you know uh met me and talked to me and you're coming around trying to recruit people this sort of way like get the f out of here get the, the i don't yeah. i don't have any time or patience for only that. once scientology yeah okay <laughs> so, so not you know, twice yeah exactly and you know after that okay it's it's still quiet still dead then this other lady just comes out of nowhere and starts talking to me and this one I felt genuinely bad about. Like this one, I, I I felt bad, even though I did listen and I did like let her talk. I was just so like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she just kept going on and on and on and on. Like she was just like telling me all of this stuff that had nothing to do with anything about her family and this and that, you know, and you, you could just tell she's like a very lonely lady. And I normally would like just talk to this person and like just you know entertain them the whole time but as, as much as i let her talk i was just kind of like oh my god lady <laughs> like i can't like there were so many opportunities for the out like just walk out go get your coffee go do what you got to do like i'm i'm busy you know like politely just trying to you know mm -hmm. show that i've got stuff to do and she was just rambling about nonsense you know and oh man i felt like a dick after that one but that was my day today just that's some people just like don't know when to fucking drop it, man. Yeah, you know that's okay. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they're probably used to it at that point. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, but yo, I got I saw me and Bree went and saw Two Chains a couple days ago. <laughs> that shit was dope, dude. Two Chains, dang. Two Chains, yeah, man. No, we actually she got the uh, the tickets to see him on uh, on Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, and dude, like that was actually like the like coolest like tv concert experience that like we've ever done or that i've ever like been a part of it was the a, a, weirdest thing that i'd ever done when i went to kimmel to see gwen stefani oh, did you go did you go in the studio or did you go the outside thing so it was the outside thing did you oh, guys okay, do yeah, the that's in what the we studio did. yeah no no it, we did the outside thing oh yeah that was the weirdest thing i'd ever done mainly because of the crowd so I don't know if it was the same for you guys as it was for us, but we had to wait like forever in this, this line that like, you know, be before like going in there, you just like, they just have you standing there in this kind of like Disneyland style, like fashion, like uh side winding line that like uh, until they get there, you know, but the crowd for Gwen Stefani was like the most unusually like diverse crowd. It was just like, everything from every different type of person so that it was just like you just don't feel like I, I don't know how to put it like I, I don't know how to like word it it was just so bizarre like you just but I, I we I couldn't identify really with like anybody that was there you know but we saw her and it was like cool it was super crowded and everything but I don't know how oh, was damn. see that was not our experience man we yeah. fucking we got up there like i think i was just in a particularly good mood because it only took like an hour to get to to get to hollywood like i was just like fucking flying down the 101 at like 45 miles an hour it was insane it was like 
it, that, it was like they shut down the the park for the day, and I got to like go on all the rides like without waiting. That is a that, good. That part that's was a good reason. Crazy. That, yeah, that's yeah. definitely something to uh, be excited about. That exactly, doesn't happen. Man. And so we got there like like everything was smooth. Like the line, like we got there like right at when like the check in like starts. It starts like four fifteen. We got there at, like four seventeen, and they're like, "All right, yeah, come on in." We just fucking just walked right in. There wasn't like the I don't know. There was probably like six hundred people or something like that. And, like, we were able to get, like, super close, like, right up front. And then, like, they just play, like, a little bit of the episode. They had, like, the most awkward interview I've ever seen between uh, uh, the Avengers and uh, Kimmel. And I was like, oh, man. And then it's it's fun to, like, watch the raw video come out Uh and then then see the edited version later on. So I'm like, oh, okay, they've got to edit this because this is, like bad like they didn't even right. like rehearse for this shit or nothing they didn't like do any notes they're just like okay so uh what's up you guys so they were the and actual actual like uh actors or the like was, were they playing Paul clips Rudd, chris hemsworth uh scarlett johansson and uh don Cheadle, i think as themselves or in character as themselves yeah okay that's yeah interesting. they were just out there just riffing about the movie and i'm like okay oh and robert downey jr i'm like okay i can tell Robert Downey Jr. is done talking about this franchise. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny. Does that come uh, out this weekend? I think it comes out not this weekend, but next weekend. Dang, some I big things coming out. That's this, yeah, week, I wanna, this I weekend. Check that out. Game of Thrones on Sunday, too. That's right, son. Dang. Big, big weekend for, for things. Big things. Anyways, go on. Dude, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, Two Chains came out. It was fucking dope. I like. I just love Two Chains because he's just a big cartoon character who like is also in on how fucking ridiculous his whole like persona and everything that like, he's doing is. And like, I don't know if you've seen his show, Most Expensivist. Have we talked about that before on the show? I do not. I've never seen it. No. Oh man, he's got a he's got a show on uh, on Viceland called Most Expensivist, where he just goes around trying like expensive ass shit, and he just like. He hosts it, and then he's like, this is just, like, a big tax scheme and shit. And he's like, all right, y'all got to give me this for free and shit. And it's just, like, seeing him react to, like, all this, like, fancy shit is really... It's fucking funny, man. I I, I love the show, man. We got, a, we got like, a, a, a trial to, like, sling or something like that for a week. And I'm just like, ooh, we just got into that and just, like, watched all, like, three seasons of it. Okay. And then he's, like, a little... He's, like, a little French bulldog named Trappy. It's, like, the cutest little fucking thing. <laughs> trappy and so like yeah so we got all stoked and we saw like somebody was like walking trappy like next to the stage we're just like oh shit it's trappy let's get a picture and uh yeah no it was a good it was a good fucking concert man and then he like he came out like you know they did a they did a thing for uh for nipsey r.i.p and um yeah man it was just it was just like a real smooth experience like we weren't there for more than like i think we were there for like an hour like including the uh like the actual performance uh-huh. So I'm like, damn, that was nice, man. And so we just ended up going and, and we ended up going actually to uh, a bar pretty close to there off of uh, Hollywood Boulevard. And uh, we were getting a drink and we overheard the uh, the bartender talking about uh, Barry. Now, have you seen uh, have you seen Barry yet? Barry? Yeah. No. On HBO? Is it about oh, Barack Obama? No, it's about it's uh, it's Bill Hader and. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Henry, Henry Winkler, and Bill Hader's like a—he's like an assassin who joins like an acting class, and like wants to be an actor, but keeps getting dragged back oh, in. Oh, like, okay. I've seen trailers shit. for this, but I don't have HBO. I need to get on that. 
Yeah. Dude, it's really, it's really good. I'll get you my login. It's comedy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like super funny. And like the people, the people in his acting class are just, they're fucking insufferable. They're exactly the kind of people that you would think are in an acting class. I'm like, I've seen these people. I know these people. And I've, I've talked to a bunch of people who are like, oh yeah, no, I've do more. Kind of like the disaster artists. Everywhere. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Like, like they are just so, you know, up their own asses and like thinking, you you know, the type, you know? Right. Right. And so I'm over there mocking him. And then, um, so I hear the, the bartenders talking to the bartender about, about the show, about what happened last week. And I was like, Oh man. And so I, you know, I chimed in. I'm like, yeah, no, like you, like he was telling the other guy, you should check it out. I'm like, you should check, you should definitely check it out. It's fucking great. And they're talking about the class. I'm like, damn, that is basically a documentary. Like how corny those people, those fucking people are. Like I know all of them. And it's hilarious. Like watching people who like, don't think that's them and it's them. And then the bartender's like, well, you know, like I I met some people like that too. It's, it's, It's over the top. It's over the top. Like, I'm like, Oh shit. He's like, you know, I've I've, t- I've taken my acting classes and I've been, I'm like, oh, he's no. probably one. Of and he's them. like, yeah, because I was talking with it with a level of like, just because I love Hollywood and like that kind of shit, you know, like I'm, I'm well versed in it. And so when they're talking about it and I'm talking about it just as fluently, they're going, they're like, oh, OK. And the guy was assuming like I was also an actor. I mean, because we're on Hollywood Boulevard having drinks at a bar, like that's not an unfair thing to assume. But I just started talking mad shit on actors. And then, like, turns out those two guys were actors or trying to be actors. And, like, there's, like, a crowd of three right next to me at the bar who are also, like, all trying to be actors after hearing the conversation afterwards. I'm just like, oh, no. Oh, why didn't I think about this? I felt so bad. Yeah. Because, like, oh, just, like, just make, just rip it on for, like, that shit. Yeah. Oh, but it was funny. It was funny. Yikes. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean. There Whoops. needs to be some sort of uh, self-awareness, right? You know, I mean, every, if they're coming out here and trying to do that, it's not, uh, it's definitely, I, as I imagine, not the easiest thing at all. Like, you know, it's kind of just like it to go around and, and, you know, claim to be an actor and not really be working and have like anything under your belt is kind of just got to be like one of the most uh, humiliating things. I don't know. That's yeah, just... it's 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 really a, a a rife situation. Like you really gotta put yourself out there for that, you know. And actually, right. I don't actually knock that. Like you know, sure, like, yeah. Ahead, like do you, man? You know, yeah, like, absolutely. I, I appreciate that to agree. And as, as long as they're not like, because I I know these people well, the people who like who get into the what they think is like the mentality of an right. actor, the I'm right. better than you kind of thing. Right. Before, well, before they got they their head. Sh- they got the headshots and you know, they're, they're the all action, no theory or if, yeah. yeah. Like, so like, you know, they, they go through all the steps that they've been told, but they don't really have like, you know, anything special or unique about them. That's going to stand out. Um, Dude, I had somebody drop out of a like $250 gig for a commercial that we were hiring, that we were like uh, shooting an old, an old agency because they couldn't identify with the character well enough. They didn't see themselves in it. And the character was like bar patron number one. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go okay. ahead and fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're there above we that. Can we be adults for a minute? I like, thought I was doing Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's hilarious. Like, yeah, so it's, you know uh you know if if you're really yeah if you're that good you should either you know 
either be getting in, making it somewhere, like getting your, your name out there or be doing it through like, you know, the way that a lot of people are doing it now, like through social media, like, you know, or how they did it with vines and stuff like that, YouTube videos, and then getting like deals and, and, and doing things on that nature, or just, you know, like hus finding some sort of side hustle that would get you recognized for your talents, you know, like, uh, I don't know, just going through the whole classic Hollywood step where uh, steps where you like make your way out here and you, you know, get some sleazy agent who's going to, you know, get you auditions for like all this sleazy stuff and then go around and, and tell people that you're, uh, you know, that you're an actor and, you know, like doing that thing, living off of either a trust fund or, or whatever you got. It's, it's just so, I think, dated by now. Well, yeah, no, I get it's 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 the. There's a lot, a lot of people, you know, in that sphere tend to act without any kind of level of self-awareness. And at least, like, but I can't knock it because, like, I mean, fuck, look at what we're doing right now. You know? Right, exactly. There's a level of that here, but I acknowledge it because, sure. like, and so, you know, I'm not turning, I'm not turning down. Like, pretend like I'm above it all. I'm not. No, but we're know? not turning. I know, I know what the fuck I'm doing. We're not turning down uh, a a podcaster like not having someone come on the show because they're not like fucking you know uh a celebrity <laughs> or something like that it's I'm like, not, yeah i'm not gonna be a dick about it i'm not gonna like go around thinking i'm cool because we do this you know it's not inherently because of that it's just it's gotta be about a thing it's it's very interesting dealing with different personas not just within you know like i mean i don't deal with people directly in the in the world of acting but uh artists in general when it comes to especially uh, musicians and, you know, working with a lot of DJs, like the the level of divaness that comes with it, where it's like, you know, getting to understand or try to put yourself in the situation because I am not a DJ, you know, I'm not a performer like that. So to me, obviously, it's going to be like, what's the big deal? Who cares? Who does this or who does that? But, you know, trying to understand and relate to them because it is a very like competitive thing, even though if you're around other friends, groups of friends, like l luckily our group of uh, friends happen to be very supportive of each other, but it still doesn't matter when it comes to like set times and when it comes to gigs and stuff like that, there's just this like weird level, like where, where someone like myself is just kind of like, are you serious? Like really, you're oh, going to no. be, you're going to be that particular or petty about this. But, but then you have to kind of like wonder and think like, okay, put yourself in their shoes. Like, you know, these people are all trying to like make it and stand out, but there, there's definitely ones that there, there is a, a spectrum, you know, of like people who are super chill, go with the flow. Like, even though they're really good, they still, you know, are open and like not as bougie or not as, um, you know, particular about things or they'll, they're willing to do sets for, you know, not a ridiculous amount of money. And then there's people that are just like super undeserving of it that demand a lot and like doing the whole, like they're, they're abusing the fake it till you make it thing, you know, and, and there's really nothing genuine or unique about them. It's kind of like going down the very cookie cutter path of, like okay well there's all these djs that went to edc or something and they spelt their name like this i'm going to do basically do that with something that doesn't really have anything to do with the sound of my music or you know me in particular it's just this kind of like oh i pulled this name out of a hat and that's just kind of what it's going to be <laughs> like you know that's oh, my my man. persona you know that and and that doesn't just go with djs it goes with like bands you see it with so many people and it, it's very interesting you know because 
I don't have it all together, my damn self, as you were saying, you know, we, but, but you could recognize when somebody's like real, you know, when something's like genuine, mm-hmm. like when somebody has, when somebody is artistic and expressive rather than like somebody who's just trying to be a successful DJ or, you know, somebody su- who, puts, who puts their ego up front, like that is the product. That is the, like, that is the reward for the work that they're putting in is the, the ego stroke it is, it is that. And that is when it makes it, when they make it so clear that like that is the front and center priority. Yeah. Or the money or the money. People in general have good bullshit detectors, you know, people can sniff that shit out. Yeah. Well, actually some people don't, that's the thing that I'm, I was getting at. A lot of people like buy into it, but it, but it is very limited and it's not like it's for a limited time. It's not going to last, you know, obviously after a certain amount of time, it'll just die out because it's, it's got nothing that's, that that's really unique or, or important. And so, that's that's kind of the thing like there's a lot of people out there looking to make be successful and make the buck or get in the right places but it's like they're not they're skipping the important steps that makes a real uh, uh, an artist with like a career of longevity you know or, or at least something that somebody's going to leave a mark you know you kind of have to go through that struggle of like not having shit and you know you know going about having like really embarrassing gigs or you know like doing uh just just kind of like hitting rock bottom before you you hit that stride and and actually make it you know unless you don't how else are you going to learn you know how else are you going to get seasoned if you just skip all those steps and expect to go right away to this this level i don't know that's just how i see it i i see a surprising amount of like you know people and artists and and not so much like people we know and, and actually not a lot of people who are like still doing it, but I've seen it throughout my day. Like people who, you know, who, who kind of start up and then end up winding down, but they're the kind of people who just don't really have a story to tell. You know, there's not like, there's no, there's not passion. That's like driving like what they're doing. Exactly. You know? That's, that's it's, what I was trying to they're say. Focused, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're focused on the end product or what they perceive is the end product. Right. And then just, trying to bullshit their way up to that point and that right. that that inauthenticity just it really it really does shine through and and those are the people who i am making fun of because those people tend to you know they have more fragile egos a lot of the time too and they they end up treating people like shit because they they think that they can when like that was the thing that they wanted not to make music and express themselves but to do that right. it's kind of crazy how a lot of this uh you know a lot of just the way uh, artistry and music and, and it, all this stuff works kind of feeds into it and, and drives a certain kind of people. I saw this really interesting thing uh, a couple, a few weeks ago and they were talking about how like the nature of music being all like play based and through streaming and stuff like that uh-huh. is actually like the average song time is like going down a lot. Uh-huh. And it's like a lot more like simple repetitive hooks and things like that. And uh, just to like, permeate that and to to make more money for you know themselves and record companies and shit like that i'm like oh shit i had never thought about that as a, you know as a influencing factor for this shit. i just thought that was interesting so wait like they're they're saying that they're uh to make more money they make the song shorter like, yeah so like if you're on spotify right uh-huh. and you're getting paid like per play uh-huh. if you've got an album and people are gonna listen to it. You, they will listen to that album, that song more often, like or on repeat. If it's two minutes, 
like you get paid the same if it's a three and a half minute song or a two minute song, you know? Right. So if they're tearing through the whole thing in like 20 minutes, like, and they're more likely to listen to the whole thing, like that's more money in their pocket to where mm-hmm. if it was actually like, you know, uh, here's, here's how long it takes to tell the story rather than thinking about that first, like that shit uh, is less profitable. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it, was, it was a trip to me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, a, a completely different industry than it used to be, you know, uh, in terms of how they get paid. You know, it's it's really it, it, and for a while it hasn't been about the music or the songs that actually gets them paid. You know, that's like kind of just like compared to the way that, you know, people of the 80s and 90s got paid with their albums and such like it's really peanuts. It's more about touring and, um, you know, merchandise and, and other things as, as to how these guys actually, uh, guys and gals, sorry, actually get, um, make their money, you know, like it's, it, the streaming thing is not really paying them all that well. Um, so that's a, a kind of interesting, yeah, it's about uh, t-shirts, thing. merchandising and shit and gigs, you know, getting yeah. gigs and, and touring and getting yourself out there that way. And then you know, on top of that, you know, like, uh, just cross or uh, diversifying, you know, and getting into like other forms of, uh, production or acting or whatever. But, um, or just, you know, trying to make it big by making a weird-ass country trap song and just yes, throwing it out there, yes, you know? Yes, yes, And when somebody steps in to, you know, really just curb that, you know, that somebody actually hits it. Like, it's this giant lottery that all these people are playing all the time, and somebody fucking hits it. And then to go back after the fact and say, wait, no, that didn't count. That's messed up, you know? Because mm-hmm. those people, like, actually do work and shit. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about the guy, but... Oh, that's the industry for it, man. Yeah, very. Well, shit, we got about we got about ten minutes till the top of the hour. Uh-huh. So let's is, see. Is there anything going on that uh, from last week that people should hear about in terms of uh, you know? Just... Well, there is. There's a bunch of things that I have here. Not all of it is super important, and and there's not a ton of bombshell stuff that is. Uh, uh, I mean super different but there are two things that i think that are important for uh, people to know all right uh, so uh, i'll give you i'll give you uh, the vegetables you gotta eat first and then we'll do a fun one okay word. so stick with me oh okay wait, a couple rapid fire things too um let's see we got that we saw the uh, i don't know if you saw this today but we got the first picture of an actual black hole today i would that's i'm so glad you brought that up go ahead that was fucking cool man yeah, dude. It's really incredible. I was like reading up how Who would kind of... have known this whole time that the people who made Armageddon fucking knew what the black hole looked like? If you look at the yeah. Armageddon fucking cover, it's basically the black hole image behind Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis. Dude, I was I was surprised. Too. I was like, "Damn, like so all of that times that I've seen like black holes portrayed in like uh pop culture and science fiction like, oh, that actually I guess was at least based on some like actual research into like what they thought it was and to see like, you know, to see the thing surrounded by the gases that get emitted from it to make it look like that. I was like, Oh man, that is a trip. You know, (laughs) it's nice to like wake up and see everybody talking about something in the news that isn't utterly horrifying and devastating. 
What do you mean? When that thing sucks us all up, it's going to be fucking terrifying, bro. No, just... It will be. I welcome it. I welcome yeah, it open arms. I, yeah, you know, that's the, yeah, that's kind of like what I was getting at too. But I just can't wait to see the uh, memes or the uh, articles or, or posts about, uh, you, you know, from flat earth type people about how it's like some fake imagery created by NASA <laughs> to uh, keep us lying. And, you know, it doesn't even look real. And, you know, like... Uh, that stuff just always brightens my day. It always oh, makes man. me feel. Uh, it makes me feel happy how these people are like this just looks fake. That you're gonna tell me that's real, and I'm like, bro, like how the fuck would you know? <laughs> like really, like you know, what else do you have to go off of? Well, you, you know, like uh, the only <laughs> flat Earth person I've talked to for any like long period of time once told me, stay woke. And I was like, ooh, that's not how you use that. And you are way too white to be saying shit like that. But anyways. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Oh, another fun one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, there was uh, uh, Don Jr. on Twitter was like uh, they were he retweeted something that was saying like the Pulitzer Prize was going to uh, the Washington Post for the reporting this year. And then Don Jr.'s like, yeah, he's right. Like, unless they get the Pulitzer Prize for fiction, ha ha, hashtag fake news. And then everybody's like, bro. <laughs> uh, there, there is a Pulitzer Prize for fiction. Someone doesn't. Absolute fucking dunce. Mm. Oh, so good times. That, that gave me a fun little laugh. Oh, man. Let's see. And then on to the, the deep, important shit that should be troubling all of us. Uh, Secretary, the, um, oh, Kirsten Nielsen, the uh, secretary for the uh, Department of Homeland Security. She is the, you know, really helps implement the child separation, uh, you know, uh, plan that we've had going on here. She was ousted on Friday. And, uh, you know, or no, was it? No, it was it was sometime recently, and she is an awful person who deserves no quarter. That is undoubted. But um, it really is kind of uh, I'm starting to notice here that there's a, a, a troubling amount of like departures and firings going on right now, and I think this is becoming less of like ooh, like I you know everybody's saying oh it's it's chaotic they don't know what they're doing they're incompetent. And I'm starting to think there might be some method to this madness because they have actually, it, it's it's uh it's like the uh, Friday Night Massacre that was uh, kind of occurring during Watergate. Now that was when President Nixon fired, you know, basically uh, all the people that are investigating him, like just the, the whole, like the whole chain of command. Is this about the Secret Service guy fired? The Secret Service guy is another element to this, yeah. Okay. And there are a lot of people who are, you know, just quote-unquote acting uh, people serving in their position, which means that they are, it's like, oh, this is a temporary person. It's a, like a, a stopgap emergency thing until we can get the real person in there. These people are the acting people that are doing it. But the problem is that, like, almost everybody in his cabinet are just acting, you know? They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're, you know, in, in very important positions, like people in Homeland Security and, and the Defense Department, shit like that, like really like actual legitimately scary, like uh, foreign policy people and stuff like that. They're all in this, they're all in the acting uh, stage, which means they are not confirmed by the Senate to be going in there, which means like we don't actually have a checks and balance, uh, you know, a check and balance with these people. 
And if there's just this rotating door of people coming in and out and he's just looking for, you know, sycophants to uh, just do whatever he wants, which is reportedly what happened to Kirsten Nielsen in that, like, it is, it was actually ruled on and stated, like, yo, family separation is illegal. Like, you cannot do that. You need to keep, you need to, like, keep people together. Like, you're jailing people, you're you're denying people asylum that's against like, these are, like, war crimes, you know? This is, like, international... Like, it, these are human rights abuses by, you know, the standards of international law. Shit that we set up, you know, in the Nuremberg trials after World War II to make sure shit like that never happened again. And this is stuff that is... It, it's happening, and they're they're just kind of blazing on through it because there really isn't a, uh, a system in place to enforce this in the short term in any like really meaningful way like there's no thing in there that says like oh if the if the president just nakedly shirks the law and is is just breaking it in plain sight there's nobody who's going to go and just arrest him you know or stop him from doing that they challenge it in courts and shit like that but he's just saying go ahead and do it like he was talking to ice officers um like he was addressing like a, a, a giant group of them over over the weekend i believe and he told him, like, well, you know, if your boss tells you, like, that you can't arrest these people or and, and, and throw them back out, uh, just tell them, like, hey, country's full. All right. We got to do it. OK, sorry. It's, it, you know, it's out of our hands. We, we have to just throw them back out. And that is clearly a, that is a violation of the law as ruled on, uh, you know, by people recently, like months ago. They said, no, you cannot do this. And so the their actual supervisor had to come in afterwards and be like, okay, yeah, don't do that because you, you can't. That is illegal. And so we're 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 constantly butting up against the rule of law right now, and that should be pretty concerning for everybody because you know he's really kind of forcing this uh, what's called a constitutional crisis, and that like there is no apparatus in the law to address the situation at hand. Which means it's a step towards autocracy, and I. Anybody who's got eyes can see like that's where he wants us to be. You know, he wants to be a dictator, and so I mean, even just this past week in court, man, they 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 said on Friday that it could take up to two years to identify thousands of separated migrant children and reunite them with their parents. Just even figure out who belongs to who, and now it is it is uh up to well it, it ah, sorry man it, this it's, it's so do you, so my question is do you, do you think that like he really is this methodical about it or do you i i, can, I still feel as though like even though everything you're saying is happening I can't help but feel like he's just being dumb and arrogant and stubborn and it is like leading to all of this like it's just kind of like uh i'm trying to think of another example like a fictional example of this actually happening you know but like it's hard for me to believe that he's actually that smart to actually go through and strategically do that well i don't think he himself is i think the people that he is surrounding himself with are the ones who are orchestrating this stuff and they're telling him kind of what to do and what to say and he has blown it up and like the the reason that i i've feel about like feel like this because he keeps blowing it up and saying the quiet part out loud uh you know at every step of the way during all this shit and so right now like you've got the fucking you've got stephen miller uh, who's just making all the calls at dhs like all these 
clearly unqualified, nakedly racist white supremacist people who are in our government, like calling a lot of the shots here. And they're just saying no, like they're just telling the checks and balances of Congress, like make me, you know, that's basically what they're saying is they're standing on, on one side and saying, make me. And it's, uh, you know, like actually today, uh, the secretary of the, or the uh, treasury department was supposed to release his tax returns. They were actually legally subpoenaed. Like they legally have to give them the tax returns, but they didn't do it. You know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, now what do we, do they, do they storm the treasury department and take them by force and, and make people do that? Like I fucking, nobody knows, man, this is uncharted territory it's it's a superpower just to act without any sense of shame uh at all just to do fucking whatever you want and and like it's nothing has ever tested this country like that before and so it's yeah you know it it, it, they're 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 getting ready they're trying to reinstate reinstate a large-scale separation uh of families at the border and and he's causing like he is actually manufacturing the crisis by you know denying asylum claims illegally making them wait in uh, in mexico and tijuana and these very terrible places where people are dying and they they know that they they want that to happen so they're like people are going okay well i'm gonna die if i stay here and so they're fleeing trying to enter into the country uh through a illegal port uh, through like you know crossing the border in a legal way through coyotes and through the desert and then they're like okay and they're all ready to catch them all up i know they're going oh look see like there's a bunch of uh, there's an immigration crisis in this country. We need to shut the whole thing down. Like he's talking about shutting the border down. That is the dumbest fucking thing. That would that would destroy like the entire economy along the border because people go back and forth regularly. Like you can't fucking do that. Like that would cost billions and billions and billions of dollars to the economy. Right. And it it wouldn't help anything. It's just right. like these ideas that he's just free associating and going through there. And it's this it's this policy of cruelty that is just unfucking fathomable you well know? he forgets what maga all stands for what i actually what it actually stands for because i saw this the other day is mexicans always get across <laughs> <laughs> it's true though like you know it's just like no matter what bro you're not gonna stop it like you're you're, you're not gonna be able to real it's just gonna cause chaos but you know um one of the things that i did here on uh, npr i think it was like today or yesterday uh and it was really brief but and i, I could be wrong or misunderstood but uh something about him trying to uh, or, or the republicans trying to do away with affirmative action like the laws of affirmative action like they're trying to repeal it or something like that like they're trying to uh reverse it or something so that 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 it is no longer uh you know obviously like that you don't because it had something to do with uh the number of african-american uh males in like uh medical schools or you know in certain places and it was just like a disparate complete like major major disproportionate amount um and like Republicans doing something to where uh, they were trying to get rid of it. Uh, well, I mean, I know I'm not super well, like I'm not super well versed in the topic. I know that there was, I mean, they've been litigating this for forever uh, through Harvard and it was actually behalf on behalf of, uh, I think it was like an Asian American coalition because uh, they feel like they were, you know, uh, discriminated against because if there's affirmative action and which isn't, which it doesn't work in that like there's there's no racial quota or like 
uh, thing like that, you know, there's general guidelines, percentages, and rates can be considered as a part of an application, but it doesn't like, it's not like you need 25 black people, you know, like it's not that specific. Mm -hmm. And, and it's a, um, you know, and so that's my, uh, I know that to be a part of it. Now, I don't know how the court case is proceeding and exactly what's getting uh, ruled on and how it's handed down, but my understanding of it is that they're trying to do away with that um, so that that does not actually have to or, or get to be a part of the consideration. You mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, a, a lot of these uh, just straight demographic uh, pieces of a person that don't necessarily uh, correlate to the content and quality of their character. And, you know, that, like... I, I get that. That's a, that's a tough, it's a tough conversation. Um, but you know, I I feel like this, it's, it's very often portrayed as kind of more, um, you know, it's portrayed, it's portrayed by the uh, right wing types, but as something more kind of insidious than like it actually is in practice. And, Mm. and I think that a lot of them should just shut the fuck up because (laughs) if we're going to get rid of affirmative action, then I will take that. If we also get rid of legacy admissions Mm. and we also get rid of a lot of the crony capitalism that's leading to this, like we just had the big, like this giant uh, college admission scandal and it's, it's, it's rich people who are freaking the fuck out because like they, the system that they bought into their richness they see their, you know, what they think is owed to them mm-hmm. slipping away because, you know, we're actually trying to enforce some level of, of meritocracy and acknowledging that like, okay, yeah, no, like a lot of these you know, people from, uh, you know, other areas. And now, fuck, I feel like now that I'm saying this, I feel like I'm remembering some statistic about like, uh, oh, what was it? Damn it. You know, I did really, I did actually read uh, a fantastic article this week that was uh, kind of a wrap up of what the, uh, I know, what, what I think of as like, you know, what you actually should be taking away from the whole uh, college admission scandal and how that actually, it, it, how it, uh, what it says about, you know, the, the culture and mindset of, of the rich and how, and how they feel cheated and how entitled they are and how fucking destructive it is to our all of our institutions you know and so that is uh yeah we'll have to uh pick that up again uh at some other point uh mm-hmm. but uh let me see if i can actually uh find it here but we are just about out of time here and god damn it the one thing i wanted to say about uh just kind of jokingly add on to uh uh, about the black hole image was that a friend of mine um, posted saying that it looked like the eye of Sodom. That's one thing I forgot. Oh, fuck. And, it totally does. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it's pretty ironic because I've been saying for years now, uh, for the last few years, that it really does seem like the rise of Sodom and, you know, the orcs uh, being assembled by <laughs> Saruman and, and like, you know, just kind Dude. of like getting people all worked up to this, this, this point in our history or in our time, which is very, very, uh, you know, uh, similar to like you know in, in a real life sense to what that is you know that that part where you know the dark ages have, have emerged once again in this time and you know we're gonna have to 
go through some pretty major battles in order to come out, um, you know, with goodness prevailing. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. I think that that is uh, perfectly fucking, you know, sums up everything. Like I saw Sheldon Adelson at the fucking RNC thing or whatever this week, and he looks like a goddamn uh, orc. So, yeah. <laughs> that um, evil fucking corrupts you, man. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it is. Uh, it's uh, it's called "They Had It Coming." That's the name of the article. It's by Caitlin Flanagan from the Atlantic, and it's a fucking fantastic read. She's she was actually a, a teacher, and she she was working in teaching, and then she was a college counselor, and she kind of wrote it from her perspective and seeing kind of the 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 wave of entitlement that has kind of really you know in, infested the the mindset of these people uh, throughout the years and why you know this whole episode like was not surprising to her and it's really just like i don't know it, it really gave me a sense of like uh closure after this because i'm like oh fuck yes yeah like all of this just it makes so much sense and i think that is like the big takeaway from it and unfortunately i wish i could summarize it uh a little bit better here it's a pretty large article but i recommend anybody go ahead and check that out they have coming by uh kitten flanagan from the atlantic and with that i think i am done you got anything to promote this week uh, yeah, so, you know, this weekend, as I said last time, um, we are going to be doing, uh, we've got a really awesome episode of Mutate, uh, this, at the, at the Catch One, formerly known as Union, um, it's, it's a really interesting one, because we're visiting what is the central, uh, in, intelligence about, wait, what, what's, Chow, CIAO <laughs> agents for the mutate story that we've been developing, but uh, the central uh, intelligence of abnormal occurrences. So it's, you know, this really uh, fucked up secret uh, agency, secret sort of like thing going on where they captured the anonymous and the mutech people on the last episode. And so the space that we're working with is much bigger and there's going to be a museum of odd and abnormal things. That's going to be really fun. Um, come out and uh, check out what we've got going on. It's, it's I mean, it really is like one of the most fun things I've ever been a part of. Uh, and the way that it's growing and developing, I, I think that like, you know, it, it really can go somewhere. And so I think that you should all get out here and experience it before it gets super big. <laughs> so, damn, um, I yeah, feel like you should do one that's like it's it's just you at the art gallery, but you're selling like the fucked up stuff of mutate or something. Right. That's how I'm like, I've imagined it when you say that. Well, you know, I, I'm actually right after this, I'm going to be going and writing out uh, some stuff for it. Um, you know, some nice, of the man. some of the like. Um, yeah, I, I've been writing some of the stories and that's, what's really cool. You know, you get your chance to do something that you've always wanted to do, test out your creative, uh, skills and something that, you know, actually has a, a solid platform. Like, you know, something that, uh, you know, gets people, you know, has exposure. So I am really excited to go do that and just have it keep going. So that's this weekend. And Obviously, I've been talking about this for, for months and it's already here. You know, it's kind of crept up on us. Lost in the sauce is uh, next week, next Thursday. So, yeah, literally a week from today, I will be out on site getting everything ready uh, for the 420 weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. It's just nonstop music. We've got two stages, Psychedelic Lion's Den's putting on the Lion's Den stage where we're going to have K-Tribe doing a takeover as well as Jackson Collective. 
And it is, I mean, I'm all sorts of, all sorts of feels going into this. I've got all my energy's all mixed up because I'm just like putting everything I've got into this right now, you know, and, uh, it's, it's stressful and a little overwhelming, but then at the same time you get those waves of just like, ah, fuck it. You know, it's going to be great. It, it doesn't matter where, you know, the, the pressure being our first festival that we're part of is, is definitely there, but, you know, you got to constantly remind myself as well as the others in the group that, you know, like no matter what, we're going to just kill it and have fun. And, once we're out there, it's, it's going to be amazing. And, you know, some of the drama that I was talking about, um, earlier had a little bit, it, it was pertaining to this festival. Um, but you know, now that you get it up the list and you just have time to think about it, it's all, it's all gravy at the end of the day. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited. I don't know. I'm just going to leave it at that for that. Fuck yeah, rock and but, roll, baby. Then the next week, the very following week after I get back is Desert Hearts. And that is just going to be pure play, you know, like not nothing else to worry about uh, other than just going and partying. So it'll be uh, and, and the music itself will be a stark contrast to the heavy bass music that's going to be playing on the main stage at Lost in the Sauce. So you get that variety, you know, and yeah, that will be capping off my uh, April month. And after that, sounds like be, a plan, man. I'm just gonna. Be so everybody, go out. check that shit out. Go check out Mutate LA this Saturday. That is some dope ass shit. Check out Lost in the Sauce. You got Desert Hearts after that, but you know we don't know them personally, so fuck it. We're not really plugging them too hard. But always make sure, like your mama said, subscribe to this show. Make sure you get it right in your ear holes every Thursday. That's through Apple Podcasts, through Stitcher, on your Spotify's. You can if follow you us on social don't. media at Let It Bleedcast with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we post links and I post the actual episode on Facebook and shit like that. Okay? If okay. If you don't Good. subscribe, your mom's going to beat you with a chunkla. Straight up, yeah. Yeah, as the old rhyme goes. Yeah. And you guys can always find me on Twitter for all my latest uh, music ramblings and me, uh, basically with my cardboard sign saying the end is nigh, at uh, Phil at Nobody Cares, and you can flip that around at Nobody Cares Phil on Instagram. And you, sir. Well, hold that stuff with three Fs. Follow the Psychedelic Lions Den on Instagram and Facebook. And, yeah, just go ahead and... Uh, Keep listening. Thanks for tuning in this time. Uh, we'll catch you next week. As always, let it bleed. And we out.